The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show. Raheem the Dream Palmer is back. He's been living up in Las Vegas. He had duck for Thanksgiving, not shitty-ass turkey. I, on the other hand, was eating pretty good food. Turkey, cranberry sauce. I, I like Thanksgiving food. Everyone hates. Turkey is getting hated on to the point where it's like underrated, right? Because every single year, the same fucking tweets come up. Everyone's like, turkey's trash. It's dry. Why do we eat it on Thanksgiving? Well, turkey is underrated at this point. It gets bullied into oblivion because it's not as good as other meats. I'm going to be honest with you. I like turkey, but here's the thing. I was fortunate to grow up in a family where I was allowed to eat the turkey wings and the turkey legs. So nice. that's a that's a totally different experience than, you know, cutting off the individual white meat yeah. or dark meat. I like, if you're going to leave me, leave me the turkey wing or the turkey leg, I, I eat turkey wings and turkey re- legs regularly. Like that's something yeah. that I'll make like on a, a regular day. So Thanksgiving is it's not that special to me. But um, one thing I want to say is that I always have rice with my Thanksgiving sides. Like, that's a major. Wow. Major yeah. Like, if, if there's no rice, I might literally go home. Jeez, I've never had rice on Thanksgiving. That's interesting. We were just talking with Stefan, our producer, about how you, you, you both have had sweet potato pie over pumpkin pie. I wish I had more of that. I don't like pumpkin pie. I, I would rather have sweet potato pie. And then for the turkey conversation, it's all about turning 
one, are you an only child? How did you get the wings and the th- the legs? Or yeah, you, so you I have got a the sister. privilege over there. <laughs> yeah, so I have a I have a sister, but she's like 15 years older than me. So I was basically the only child. So gotcha. it's just like gotcha. I kind of just I and I was the only boy at that. So okay. I mean, even with my sister around, I kind of just I had the authority to say, you know, this is I'm getting a big piece of turkey. I love it. I love it. I love it. What, what I do with the turkey, you cut off some slices, right? You got the slices. And I use it like a chip for all the other sides. I'm like scooping mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes, cranberry sauce, green bean casserole on top of the turkey and then biting into it like a chip. Kind of savage behavior, but that's that's kind of where my, you know what, my, that, my that's mind like, goes. That's, that's what they do with um, naan bread. If you, uh, I don't know if you like Indian food. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so that's, that's how they do it. <laughs> the turkey becomes naan and then... What's great about turkey, too, is the next day, turkey sandwich uh, on some nice sourdough with the cranberry sauce and the mashed potatoes. It is a um, is a leftover day in heaven. Enough of food. Enough talking about that. Let's get into this game. This is one of the better Thursday night games, I think, this year. This is one of the better slates, full full week slates of this year. I, I was talking to Warren Sharp on this podcast yesterday. It's like, man, like there are so many good games this week. Jets at Vikings. Vikings only a three-point favorite. There's only two games that I think have a bigger spread than seven. Like, there are a lot of tight, important games this week. And that starts on Thursday night. Bills at Patriots. Already know We already know now that Von Miller is not going to play in this game. They're not going to have their left tackle, Deion Dawkins. That's both for Buffalo Bills. New England Patriots, yes, they lost to the Vikings. Defense didn't look as good. They slowed down Dalvin Cook, but they couldn't stop the play-action pass against Kirk. Mac Jones, though, looked actually good last week. Like, actually good on Thanksgiving. You saw first play of the game. Drops the snap, picks up off the turf, and throws one of the best passes of his career. I mean, after that, it was like confidence galore. He was pushing the ball downfield, having success. I, I really liked what Mac Jones showed against a very bad Vikings defense. I think they're 31st in yards per play allowed, 31st in opponent, uh, three and out percentage. Like, they are not a good defense. But still, that was a sight for fucking sore eyes for Patriots fans that have watched him really, really struggle over the last few weeks. I'm excited by that performance. Maybe not enough to go against a very good, very talented Buffalo Bills defense. But without Von Miller, I don't know. I think the line opened at five, maybe four and a half. It's now down to four. Patriots are four-point dogs at home. Preview this game for me. Before we handicap it, before we look at the sides and totals, where do your eyes go first? Okay, first things first. So you mentioned that this line has been bet down from opener of five and a half. We're looking at, you know, two. we're looking at three and a halves in the market. Now, when I pull up my pure power ratings model, I actually have the Bills like three point favorites in this spot, but this this is one of those times where I want to fade my model and fade the market. Like, like let's be honest with you, that Vikings defense is is really bad. They're twenty third in defensive DVOA, twenty second in pressure rate. By comparison, the Bills are third in defensive DVOA and eighth in pressure rate. We all know Mac Jones struggles with pressure, and I think he's only completing forty five percent of his passes with one touchdown and five interceptions under pressure this year. And the thing that stands out to me most about this matchup is that I've said this for years. Bill Belichick teams, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Look at what Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson did to them this year. You look in the past, Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, Dak Prescott, mobile quarterbacks have just ate, like destroyed this defense. And you look at Lamar Jackson and you look at Justin Fields. They ran for 107 yards, ran for 82 yards respectively, scored 37 points, points and 33 points what has Bill Belichick and this Patriots team shown that they can do with Josh Allen since he's coming to his own Josh Allen is three and four versus the Patriots in his career I mean but those are early you when you when you cancel out the early season stuff 
he over the last five games, including the wild card game last year, he's four and one. I mean, he's won 24, 21, 38, nine, uh, 33, 21. And then in the wild card game, 47, four, um, 17. The only loss was that win aided game where the Bills literally couldn't pass. So I really like the Bills in this spot. I think this is the spot where the Bills take the Patriots into the deep waters and drown them. I know they haven't covered in five straight games, but this is a perfect buy low spot if you ask me. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting you to be all in on the Bills. Bills right now, you can get them at three and a half in some spots. I think that's that's value, according to Raheem. I don't know. I, I think that it depends how sustainable this Mac Jones performance is. To put it into perspective, since week five, so throw out the first month of the season, the Patriots have the 27th ranked offense in EPA per drive. When you look at by game against the Bears, a shitty Bears defense, minus 1.07 EPA per drive. Awful, like dreadful. Jets, minus 1.04. Colts, minus 1.5. Jets, again, minus 1.1. And then this past week on Thanksgiving against the Vikings, it's the best this offense has looked in EPA per drive since the early parts of the season. And like, Mac Jones played well. They didn't have the run game necessarily, but I don't know, man. I, I think that are the Patriots turning a corner or are, is it just a blip against a very good Vikings defense? I think the data would tell you or, or your eyes would tell you that better defenses are going to get the best of Mac Jones. Better defenses are going to get the best of the Patriots. And that's why maybe you're seeing money back the, the Patriots wrongly. And, and maybe you're right in that the, the Buffalo Bills um, are the edge here if you can get them at three and a half and get them at four. What's your opinion of the Josh Allen injury? I think some people see... There, there's definitely some accuracy concerns on the underneath stuff. He's not as perfect with the football in terms of ball placement of late, but you still see the downfield stuff. He's still a willing runner. He's still aggressive. I think that it might be a bit overstated how much this is affecting him. I, I still think that this Buffalo Bills offense, with and without him hurt, has been as advertised. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's overstated. I mean, when it mattered last week, Josh Allen got it done at the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. he drove the, the team up the field. And you like to me, I just... Look, they still scored 28 points last week. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking about an injured Josh Allen. What's a healthy Josh Allen? What are we talking about, 40 points? <laughs> I, I just I just don't see the Patriots showing any, any ability to stop them. I'm wondering, actually, I think, you know, a team total on the Bills might make a lot of sense here. Um, I think the team total was like 23 and a half. Um, I, I, just, I just don't see how they, they slow down this Bills team. So, I kind of like their team total over if you don't want to later points with the Bills, but I, I just I, I just think this Bills offense is respected right now. And I, I'm not seeing anything from Josh Allen that would, you know, tell me otherwise. I, I think for the Patriots, and I had the Patriots as a value against the Vikings on Thanksgiving. They obviously lost that game. They didn't even cover. They have to create pressure on the quarterback in order for the defense to have success. And they've been a good pressure team so far this season. I think they're top three in pressure rate on the year. The issue was they did sell out to stop Dalvin Cook on that game. And, and they had a lot of bare fronts. They would pack the box. Um, and you did not see the pressure rates that they probably needed to limit Kirk Cousins. They also fell victim to a lot of play-action passing and Justin Jefferson winning in contested catch situations. I think the Buffalo Bills, like, no, the, the Patriots are not going to be selling out to stop this run game. The run game hasn't been there. Now, quarterback runs specifically, like you said, are a different story. And I think the Patriots are going to struggle with that. I think this defense isn't what it... It has had a lot of success this season, but against a team like... Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, they obviously struggle, and I think the Bills are going to struggle as well. I'm on your side. If you can get this thing at three and a half, get this thing at four, I'm probably leaning that direction. I'm surprised how much money has been bet on the Patriots. I think the stumble for the Bills is a bit overstated. The injury is a bit overstated for the Bills uh, or for Josh Allen. And for the Patriots, 
Mac Jones had a hell of a game. Arguably one of the best games of his career. I don't know how sustainable that is against a very, very talented Buffalo Bills defense. The, the one I thing like I, the... Go ahead. The one thing I think we can't overstate is that there is a flu bug going around in the Bills' locker room. And that's the one thing that kind of brings me pause. I think we saw it with the Saints on Thursday Night Football. Um, you know, when, when you're playing on a short week, well, it's not really a short week for them, but because um, they played last Thursday. But when you're playing on these Thursday night games and you got the flu bug going around and you got a lot of guys missing time due to illness, that is a cause for, for concern. And, you know, I think we just basically all the fours in the market are pretty much gone right now. So somebody just snatched up a, um, a four at, you know, one of the sharpest sports books. So we're basically seeing three and a half painted all throughout the market right now. I mean, there's a couple straight fours here and there, but I'm, I'm going to be looking towards that injury report. Um, I think we're going to see more Javius White. I think he only played 15 snaps last week. So um, it's not like the Patriots have a ton of receivers to lock down. But, I mean, more um, Trey White is always a good thing. So I'm going to be waiting on this number, checking out the injury report, checking out the illnesses, everything like that. But I, I'm, I'm probably going to be on Buffalo in the team total over. Team total over right now on FanDuel. You can get it over 23 and a half, minus 116. If you're betting right now, FanDuel still has a four out there. You can get the four before it goes to three and a half at minus 110. Buffalo Bills, minus four. I think that's going to be the heavy lean of both those areas. Any props you like? Josh Allen, um, 265 and a half passing yards is one I look at. I always like um, the passing yard, passing touchdowns prop if you get plus money at two and a half for a talented quarterback like Josh Allen. But right now, FanDuel has it. Over one and a half is minus one sixty six. I'd like to see that number get to two and a half before I'm betting it. Any any props you're leaning on or any players you think could pop off? Um, I mean, I, like I always talk about the, the the running quarterback. So I think you know Josh Allen, um, his rushing yards over is probably um a good bet. But you know I'm not really that big into props. But if there's one that really stood out, it's, it's definitely that one. Just because I mean we've seen you go all the way back to the Kaepernick days, <laughs> and and you know Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. And, Russell Wilson. I mean, these these guys tend to run all over them. So um, I do like Josh Allen's rushing prop over. G- give me give me Josh Allen's over rushing yards at forty five and a half. Give me the Bills over twenty three and a half points. Give mm-hmm. me the Bills first quarter minus a half point plus one hundred six plus money on the Bills first quarter, and I will take the Bills full game at plus four. All those bets on Fanduel. We're going all in on the Bills. I don't know if I should be worried. I'm a little scared now, <laughs> but we're going all in the Bills on the road I, in Foxborough. I'm Who just shocked at the Bills? market. I mean, I'm really shocked at the how much the market is is really in love with the Patriots. I was on the Patriots the last two weeks, and I, I still feel like I got robbed um, with the Patriots last week because. It felt like the referees just decided that they were going to take four points away from the Patriots on that touchdown and then not call holding. Yeah. It's just – so I'm, I'm still a little sour over that. But, uh, I mean, maybe people – I mean, I can understand it from a power ratings perspective. When I look at my model, my model actually – like I said before, my model has this game, Bills minus three. So I, I get it from that perspective. But I just – I think sometimes your model isn't pricing certain things in. And, I mean, I just think the Bills are in a great bounce back spot after not covering five straight games. I, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see the injury stuff because with that much money being poured on the Patriots, I, I, it makes me want to buy that Vegas is, has more awareness of the flu bug going around the Buffalo Bills locker room than maybe we do. So I definitely yeah. say pay, pay close attention to the injury report. We always record these early Wednesday morning. Don't have the full details on who will be up, who will be out in these games. But I'm with you. I like the Buffalo Bills in every way I can get them first quarter. Uh, against the spread, full game against the spread, team total, and I think we're going to take 
Josh Allen over 45 and a half rushing yards. Big bounce back spot for the Buffalo Bills. And what I'll say this too, and we don't normally talk playoff picture here, but this this a, pay, a loss here for the Patriots is going to do make it very, very difficult for them to climb back into the playoff race. I don't know if you've been looking at that AFC playoff picture, but man, Jets are hotly contested. Obviously, they have the, the tiebreaker over the Jets, but still... Looking at 538's playoff projections model, if they lose to Buffalo this week, their playoff odds sink to 25%. Right now, at 38%, they'll sink to almost a quarter um, there. I, I worry that Patriots, if they don't lose this game, back against the wall, Bill Belichick needs it. They could be on the outside looking in at the playoffs. You know, you know what's so funny? The Bills actually need this game, too, because they're 8-3. and three. They're, they're in second place for the division. So yes. I'm going to ask you a question that we spoke about on East Coast Bias. The Bills are minus 220 to win the division. The Miami Dolphins are plus 240. The Jets are plus 1,200. Are there, I mean, do you like any of those outside of the Bills? Or do you just you rather lay it with the Bills? I'm not taking the Bills at minus 220. Not a chance, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'd rather have Miami if you can get it plus 200 or better. They already have a win, obviously, over Buffalo. They have to go bu- to Buffalo in Week 15. But still, this Miami Dolphins team is legit. now. Teron Armstead's hurt. Mike McDaniel said he isn't sure when he'll be back. He's sure that he'll be back this season. Not sure when he'll be back. Brandon Shell at left tackle. Austin Jackson at right tackle is a nightmare. And I think the offense, and Mike McDaniel specifically, is prepared to get the ball out quickly and move the ball effectively without them. But still, it is an Achilles heel for a Miami Dolphins team that is going through an absolute tough stretch of games. They have to go to San Francisco this week. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs there. Go to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And then go to Buffalo. Three consecutive road games against what could be all playoff contenders. I think was the Niners and Buffalo Bills for sure, and the Chargers are still fighting their way in. I worry. We'll know a lot more about the Dolphins in three weeks, right? We'll know a lot yeah. more and how they can survive these offensive line injuries, how Mike McDaniel could go against his mentor in Kyle Shanahan. I, I, I think that the Miami Dolphins right now, you're betting them at plus 220. You're banking on them beating up on some of these teams. But man, it'll be interesting to see how they survive the offensive line injuries. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. I, you know, I actually said I like the Dolphins. If I had to um, play something on that division at plus 240, just because they already have the win, win over the Bills. And I, I think that's, yes. that's big. So, um, you know, the Bills take another loss or something. I mean, and, you know, the Dolphins could actually win this division. So um, it'll be yeah. interesting those, to see what happens. Those odds, even if Buffalo beats New England this week, which they're favored and we got all in on the Buffalo Bills, I think those odds flip a little bit if we see this Miami team on the road, three and a half point dog, get Shanahan without a healthy offensive line beat the San Francisco 49ers. I think a lot of people will start backing them. This, the San Francisco 49ers defense is talked about as one of the best in the league. Offensively, Jimmy G is getting it done. I am really interested for that game. We're obviously not previewing that one, but make sure to tune into the rest of the Ringer gambling feed. Warren Sharp and I talked about it on Wednesday. I'm sure Raheem, you'll have some stuff on that later in the week as well. But for now, let's now bring in Roger Sherman to talk some college football. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. 
car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. The Raj Father Championship Weekend off a monster win for not Jim Harbaugh, him Harbaugh over the Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> two big, two big, big deep completions that like revitalize that game for McCarthy to, to Cornelius Johnson where like Ohio State just like Missed a tackle, obviously, on the curl. And then, obviously, the other one, like, guy got turned around. Then they just started to pour it on. You know, they weren't running the ball successfully to start that game. Blake Corum uh, wasn't healthy enough to go. Then Donovan Edwards just, like, rolled on them. Like, Ohio State, like, just, like, laid down in Columbus in that game. I had I had Michigan. You had Ohio State. And then you, the other side of this, one. the one we talked I won that one, but I lost the Beavs. The Beavs. <laughs> the beeves are better than I thought. I, I our beeves. I I was you know if people have been listening to this podcast since the start of the season, I've been back in the beeves since day one. And the fact that I went away from them in the time of need is just bullshit. And I, I want to apologize to Beaver Nation. I want to apologize to Corvallis. I want to apologize to Oregon State because uh, that was a hell of a game from them. And I I think I underestimated them. There have been like so many weekends this year where I've just been like like grateful to be a fan of college football. <laughs> Yes. And this was one of them. Man, that Michigan game, I did not see the performance coming. It, it no. was just such a humiliation for Ohio State. It, I, I really thought that they were the better team. And just huge play after huge play, 60 yards, 70 yards, 80 yards, with a spot in the champ, in the, in the, Big Ten Championship and the college football playoff on the line against your biggest opponent in the biggest game of the year. Just remarkable stuff. Just, wow, Michigan deserves that spot of the Big Ten Championship, and uh, they'll deserve a spot in the playoff. Uh, I, I think they're going to beat Purdue. That's not one of the games we're talking about on this episode. <laughs> no, we, we decided to avoid the Big Ten Championship. Michigan's probably going to beat up on Purdue in ways that we don't even want to like televise. Uh, other games last week, Texas A&M, an upset over LSU. I thought that was a great game. USC just trounced Notre Dame. Trounced Notre Dame. Caleb, Caleb Williams came around and uh, basically got the Heisman. We will talk about USC in a second. Yes. LSU like kind of lost an opportunity at looking at a playoff scenario, they're now on the outside looking in, as did Oregon, right? Oregon, um, I thought maybe could have been flirty with the playoffs, but they lose to Oregon State um, last week as well. It was a lot of good games, a lot of good games during rival week, as always. This week, where I want to go, we got the Pac-12 championship between number 12 Utah and number 4 USC. We have the Big 12 championship between number 13 Kansas State and number 3 TCU. And then we'll close it out with some, not necessarily like playoff impactful, games. I Technically, Georgia plays LSU, but I think Georgia's going to beat up on LSU. And then Clemson, UNC, I don't think either team's going to get into the playoff, but will be the ACC championship. Let's start with Utah at USC. It's a two and a half point spread. These teams have played each other before. Utah won in an absolute shootout, winning 43-42. Tight end for Utah, Dalton Kincaid, went for 234 freaking yards. Just dominated. Cam Rising played probably his best game of the season in that one. And in a shootout, the, the you know USC loses that one. I, I think for me, a lot of people when previewing this game will look at that game and say, okay, 
Where are the edges? Where do we see you know, Utah? I, I think Utah has gotten worse mm-hmm. since that game. Cam Rising had an injury. I don't think he's been the same since. And then USC has gotten better. I think every single week, Caleb Williams gets better. You saw that last it's week unreal. Right, against Notre Dame. I, I think that Caleb Williams is, is improving at rates that are, are understated. I, I think he is having a lot more success. They're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The total is at 66-and-a-half. Stop Dalton Kincaid. And if Cam Rising plays as well as he has over the last few weeks since that USC game, I, I think this is a role for USC. And USC knows, too, that the, the playoffs on the line for them here. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, if, if USC loses this game, they're number four right now in the college football playoff. If USC loses this game, it's a two-loss USC team. They're out, in my opinion. And I think that's I when agree with Ohio, you I think Ohio State goes in as a one-loss team, even without the Big Ten title, which is stupid. And some people, some people are like, oh, my God, they don't even have a championship. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. A one-loss Ohio State team, I think, gets in over a two-loss USC team, even though USC obviously made it to the title game in their respective conference. So USC has a lot to play for, whereas Utah, only playing spoiler in this case, and I think objectively has not been this. They're still a very talented football team, but Cam Rising, Kincaid, I don't know if they're going to have the same success against this USC defense looking for revenge um, in the Pac-12 title. I think you're right about how USC just keeps getting better and better and better. And that's exactly what you would expect from a team this strange where overnight you get a new coach, you get a new quarterback, you get a new star wide receiver, you get a new everything. The whole everything's changing all the time. You're going to new conference next year. They built this team overnight. Of course, it makes sense that they would develop over the course of the season. Uh, Their offense is amazing. Caleb Williams, he just brings so much because their their passing game is already so smart. It's already such a good offense designed by Lincoln Riley. And then if things go badly, he just does stuff. He just does Caleb Williams stuff. Yeah. But I'm hitting you with the butt after praising Uh-oh. USC Uh-oh. Uh-oh. for 45 seconds. Because the thing, obviously, USC's defense has been awful. All year. Um, one of the worst in college football. They escape from that uh, game against UCLA, 48-45. to 45. They lose to Utah, 43-42. They're giving up big points every week. They're giving up big plays every week. Their defense is 125th in EPA per play against the run. That's bad. Utah. Very bad. Utah averages... 5.5 yards per rush. They're 10th in rushing yards per game. They are fifth in rushing touchdowns. We don't really talk about it because they don't have like a Heisman style running back. In fact, they've lost their starting running back over the course of the year, but their running game just keeps going. They keep being able to move the ball on the ground. It's, it's what they do. They're ranked fifth by pro football focus in running. Uh, they, and the, the way, USC plays defense is basically they don't get stops, but they get interceptions. They're second in the nation in interceptions, which you wouldn't expect from such a bad team. I don't think Utah is going to make a tough pass all game. I think they are going to move the ball on the ground. I think they are going to let Cam Rising go like 17 for 20 passing the ball. And I think they can cover and win. Listen, what does the Pac-12 do? They do not win college football national championships. They have not had a team in the playoff since 2016. If you think they're going to let USC 
into the college football playoff right before they leave for the Big Ten? No. This is what the Pac-12 was designed to do, to ruin things for their best team at the most consequential moment. They are going to come through on Friday night in Las Vegas and get USC out of the playoff. And I, I love I love this USC team. I just want to have one hot take. I'm against you on this, Raj. I, I, I like USC. I think USC is getting hot at the right time, whereas Utah's fading. Tavion Thomas, their lead back out for the season. Guy's a bruiser. Played in the game, obviously, that they had before. Won't have him in this one. I'm, I'm on USC. I think USC knows what it means here. Now, I like where your head's at in terms of the story, where Pac-12 just continues to just <laughs> underperform versus national expectation. But I think USC is too good in this spot. And I'm surprised that the line is two and a half on a neutral site. Like, I, I, I think that this line should be three, three and a half. I think USC has more to play for. I think USC is the better football team and has been the better football team over the last few weeks. Give me USC minus two and a half. I probably stay away from I would, the total. It's a little high for me. I think if I had a lean, I'd go under. But I, I, I like USC in this one. Hey, they hit 80 last time. I, I know, uh, but it's so, a different team. It's a different Utah team. What I would really love, though, just um, I would love to see what the college football playoff championship in LA is like with USC, if that happens. Because I think US no. LA can get up to support that team. I, I'm just so curious what it would be like, whether they would get drowned out by like Georgia fans or something. I, I'm so curious. I don't know if they'll get there. I just picked them to lose this game. So we'll see. USC Georgia would be a fun <laughs> game to watch to see like just how bad a bad Pac-12 defense will look against Georgia, who I think has the number seven offense in college in the power five in EPA per play and one of the best defenses in all of college football. Like, I don't know what the line would be, but man, I, I think you would be seeing a USC team really wake up and find out what it means in the SEC and why it means more out there in the SEC before obviously they move to the Big Ten. I think the only way that USC, if they win against Utah, isn't playing Georgia in the first round is if this next game, TCU, our Horn Frogs, lose. Our Horn Frogs. I think if I think here's the playoff scenario. So Kansas State goes to TCU or, or is playing TCU in the Big 12 title. TCU is 12-0, obviously, undefeated. We've talked about them a ton. One of the best offenses in all of college football. They haven't been great over the last few weeks, but still season long, top 10 in EPA per play. Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, Kendra Miller, like they have a lot of talent offensively. If they lose this game, they're only a two and a half point favorite. If they lose this game, I still think they're a college football playoff team because they're a one loss. I think so too, but I really don't want that scenario to happen. (laughs) No, no, I don't want it either because then they drop to four, say USC does win. They drop to four. USC goes to three. USC, I think, has the easier matchup against Michigan, and then TCU just gets blown out, and our, our frog season ends just like with two back-to-back losses. Like, if they lose Kansas State, I think they'll be heavy, heavy dogs against Georgia and back-to-back losses for our frogs. I just don't want to see huh. that end this way. I want them to win the Big 12 title. I want Which them to finish this season on the high note. I think they will. Which they um, will. Quint- Quinton Johnson, I know, has been banged up. Him being healthy in this game, I think, is massive. When you look at the last time these two teams played, really, really liked what Kansas State was able, or, or TCU was able to do on the ground. Um, yep. I think the switch that Kansas State has made going from quarterback Adrian Martinez to Will Howard, I think has been helpful for the offense. They've been able to throw the ball more, a lot more effectively. I think Adrian Martinez may be a better runner, but who knows? Deuce Vaughn is a lot of this offense, though. Deuce Vaughn, when he's, he's rolling for the offense, Kansas State is having more success. This line, I think, is right. I think it's right. Kansas State is a damn good football team. Really good on both sides of the ball, whereas TCU has had a really good offense that has slumbered, slumbered, kind of tumbled of late, and defensively, it's been a bad defense all year. Where are you at on this game? Handicap this game for me outside of just like belief, right? Belief has me like frogs all the way. I'm never not backing the frogs. Have to back the frogs the whole way through. But like this is going to be a game where 
the offense with the ball last, I think, wins. And, like, we're going to see that kicker, Team of Destiny, just fucking push this thing through. Like, I think that the line, <laughs> the, the line is right. TCU should not be three, three and a half, four-point favorites over Kansas State in the Big 12 title. I think it's going to come to who has the ball last and who's the Team of Destiny. I think that's why, Kansas, you know, why TCU's got to be the pick. I mean, first of all, uh, it's all about belief. I believe in the Frogs. <laughs> the Frog Squad strong. You, you got me onto the Frog Squad. You were the person who was like TCU every week. And I, yes. I, I don't know if our listeners are getting bored of us talking about how much we love TCU every week, but I don't care. They're winning. And I love them. And I love them deeply and personally. But going back to this matchup, it's interesting that the quarterback situation, because um, the actual switch was made during the TCU-Kansas State game uh, last month where on the first drive, Adrian Martinez gets injured. They bring in Will Howard, who hasn't played all year. They go touchdown, 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 touchdown. They score four straight touchdowns on Will Howard's first four possessions with the ball. And then they get shut out in the second half. I don't worry about Will Howard. He went back to being a backup when Adrian Martinez was healthy, and then Martinez got hurt again. There's some talk about him playing in like, roles gimmicks trick plays on saturday but it he doesn't scare me and the fact that tcu is so able to easily adjust and shut him out in the second half after maybe being a little bit surprised that he was coming in maybe facing a little, a little bit of a different offense that they were expecting caught them off guard i think tcu is going to be just fine on defense against will howard i don't think he brings anything special and i am once again Hopping with the frogs. That's what frogs Backing do. Backing the frogs. I, I'm probably putting money on. I'm probably. I'm probably going to put money on the money line because I don't want to just have the frogs minus two and a half because I would not. Because be they're going to win. They're going to win on like a, a field goal at the end. Yes, exactly. If this is like right now, you can get them on Fanduel on the money line minus one thirty seven. If you want to bet them minus two and a half, it's minus one hundred five on Fanduel. I think I'm going to take them at minus two hundred five. I'm going to take them on the money line at minus one thirty seven because I would not be surprised if this game is solved by two. I would not be surprised if TCU wins this game by two or even one point for the last sort of a, OT, whatever it may be. Sort of a semi-home game for them. Games played yes. in Dallas, they're in Fort Worth. So uh, that that doesn't happen. Reading, uh, reading, a, reading the Kansas State forums, though, I think Kansas State thinks this could be a home game. You've, been reading, the, travel. you've been reading the Kansas yes, State forums, yes. my guy? I, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to get a... When it's neutral side, I try and get a feel for which team travels better. And Kansas State, apparently... Their fans are like, we're going. Everyone's fucking going. I think Kansas State's rolling to Arlington. So I'm, I'll be interested to see what the split is. TCU is obviously closer. What's the we'll see second what Kansas most State interesting thing you learned on the Kansas State forums? <laughs> What's going they on love in the Deuce Vaughn. They love, they love Deuce Vaughn, and they want to see the two QB looks. They want to see Adrian Martinez kind of sprinkled in to throw some things around. Is this like a like a public site, or like did you pay for like a, a subscription it's on, service to it's on, Kansas State? It's on the dark web. Have you been to the dark web? Kansas <laughs> State, on the Kansas State on the dark, dark web. web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some really nasty at. purple stuff out there on the K State dark oh, web. Oh man, let's not talk it's about gross. it. It's gross. The fact that Willie the Wildcat has a cat head and a human body with like just regular arms absolutely terrifies me. And I don't want to know what sick stuff is going on out there in the K State dark web. You never do. SEC and ACC title to close us out. LSU, number 11 in the country, coming off a letdown loss against Texas A&M. Georgia, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a letdown. 18, <laughs> Georgia's an 18 and a half point favorite 
over LSU. Total set at 50 and a half. I don't like betting, especially in an SEC <laughs> title, I don't like betting Georgia that much of a favorite, like that big of a favorite. But there is parts of me that buys into this LSU kind of giving up on the season after losing to Texas A&M. They were number five in the country when they lost to Texas A&M. Big letdown. And now, 18 and a half point dog against Georgia, no matter what they do, they're not getting in. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if you get up for an if, SEC championship game regardless. Okay. But I think okay. you get beat down by Georgia regardless. Yes. Yes, yes. Okay, so handicap this game for me. Are you liking Georgia as a favorite? Georgia is probably my least favorite team to bet in college football this year. Uh, just because when there's a team that's that good, you don't know whether they're going to turn it on enough to cover the spread. You know they'll do enough to win. They are 6-6 six and six against the spread this year. They have covered half of the time. They have also had some like 30-point spreads and not covered. But this will only be the third time this year in their 12 games that the spread is under 20. And they've covered both of those times. So when you get a smaller spread, like 17, 18 for them, that's small for them. Like they're, they're taking it seriously enough to win by a lot. They're taking it seriously enough to assert their dominance and get you that cover. When they're favored by like 30, maybe not so much. Like I, I don't trust them to cover 30 like they did last week against Georgia, uh, Georgia Tech. Like I, I, they, I expected them to cover the 35 and then they kind of half-assed it a little bit early and they allowed a touchdown late and they didn't get it. Uh, so it's just such a weird game to handicap. I think they're comfortably better than LSU. Uh, I would have said that before LSU lost to Texas A&M, which they did, which is very funny. We were coming on here last week talking about how Texas A&M had nothing to play for, and they've already got guys transferring out of the program, but uh, Devin A-Chain ran for over 200 yards against them. Yeah. He, that just, just embarrassed them. and. Uh, I mean, I just, I, I think it's more about Georgia's motivation than, you know, anything related to the skill of these two teams, because I think Georgia's number one in the country by a mile. I mean, it's one of the best offenses in the country, one of the best defenses in the country. They're undefeated, you know, coming off a national championship, you know, sets a better experienced quarterback. I, I, I really like Georgia in this spot as the winner. I probably stay away from the game or maybe at least stay away from the spread at 18 and a half. Hard to handicap know how much Georgia is going to beat LSU by in this one, but I do think they win comfortably. ACC. Uh, how do you like Georgia at Go ahead. minus? How do you like Georgia at minus one sixty to win the title? Do you think fifty percent chance, fifty uh, plus percent chance that Georgia wins the title is fair? I think that's more than fair. I, I probably could bet. I might bet them right now at minus one sixty. Minus one sixty is giving them a, a, like a about a sixty something percent chance to win the title. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think I'm on board I with think, that. I, I think the line against USC is going to be disgusting. If they're an 18 and a half point favorite over LSU, I, I think that Georgia is going to be a pretty heavy favorite over USC if USC is the four spot. And then I don't know how that game, if Michigan, say, wins in, 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 um, against TCU, say Michigan does win, I think Michigan will be favored in that game. I don't know what that line will be, but I, I, I don't expect the Georgia defense to have the same busted coverages down the football field like they had. Um, Obviously, in Michigan's win over the big in the Big Ten title, or, or, or in the, the the game, the big game, or whatever they call the it. Um, 
I think I think Georgia's going to be favored in every game they play the rest of the year. I think that's evidenced in, in how they're priced at minus one sixty to win the title. I I, I think um, I like Georgia to win the title right now, especially with TCU and USC slotted in as the three four teams in Ohio State on the outside looking in. Yeah, what if you look at the national championship odds right now? This is I hate this. I hate this, and I'm mad about it. It's Georgia Michigan. You'd expect that to be the one two, and then the team with the third shortest odds on FanDuel is Ohio State, which is not playing this weekend and not in the college football playoff right now. The sports books think that there's a better chance that TCU or USC loses and Ohio State gets in and wins their semifinal and wins the championship than TCU or USC handling their business. And I, and I think that's because Ohio State has a really talented offense and one of the best defenses in the country. Right? I don't like, think you can Georgia, They just got their ass kicked. No, no, I know they can't get, I, I'm not saying let them in. I'm just saying, that's just, that's saying like, okay, say if USC loses Utah, which you're predicting, I think Ohio State gets in. Like that, I think that's how it goes. I, I like the NFL playoffs. I get so mad at the idea in college yes, football. Yes, everyone does. That, everyone that does. you can like lose to a team in the regular season and then beat them and win the national championship. And I, I'll I, say I, this. I'll never, I'll, I don't think I'll ever get used to it, even if I follow the sport this. for another 50 years. Utah beats USC and Ohio State gets in as the four. That line is objectively going to be tighter than if it is USC-Georgia. Like, it's going to yeah, be. Like you, it, It's going to be tighter. And I, th- I think that a Georgia-Ohio... If Georgia... If Georgia Ohio State play in the first round, I don't know how confident I feel in the minus one sixty bet. I bet those odds change because that's going to be a harder game for Georgia to win. I mean, Ohio State's defense I know got absolutely trounced against Michigan. But I think a lot of that, not necessarily fluky, but a lot of that was just like busted coverages and some of those big plays. Like I just don't know how sustainable that is. I don't know. I, I, I think Ohio State's defense was number one in the country in EPA per play allowed when they went into that game against Michigan, and obviously the rivalry, all that stuff, kind of went into play. I, I, I'm interested to see if Ohio State ultimately gets in and your prediction of Utah winning. Does ultimately pan out. I mean, ultimately, what we're talking about here is if you think about these teams on a neutral field, regardless of what the playoff picture ends up being, we probably like Ohio State or Alabama by like a touchdown on a neutral field against TCU or USC. Like those are better teams uh, according to the power rankings. But luckily, the playoff committee is is hopefully going to be a little bit more resume based. It would be also make me very mad if TCU plays an extra game and loses it and a team that's sitting at home this weekend because they got their ass kicked during the regular season. I love I, I, I get love that um... upset about this. I don't get that upset about losing bets. <laughs> I get upset about the idea that TCU might not be in if they have to if they have to play an extra game and they lose. Sorry, I'm way tangenting and we should talk about the ACC championship game. I well, one more thing for ACC. I love all the different ways people and media fans, everyone will say Ohio State isn't playing this weekend because they're sitting at home on their couch playing air. I think everyone talks about like like you're gonna let Ohio State in and they're touching grass this weekend. Like it's like I think everyone everyone like just hates on how much Ohio State isn't playing a game this weekend and that's gonna be hammered into oblivion if Utah just beat USC and they're you're gonna give it to a USC team that was. Playing with their friends at home, like it's it's gonna be what, uh, what gonna be a, a good time. Did you get any hot uh, euphemisms for not playing this week on the K State dark web? <laughs> I did not get any good euphemisms on the K State dark web. Underrated, but doesn't have 
enough. Uh, enough. There. They don't so, mess around with euphemisms. They just they just give it really to you quickly. Straight. ACC title. Producer Stefan's going to kill us. Clemson at UNC. Clemson's the number ten team in the country. No shot to playoff. Ten and two. Even if they go eleven and two, I don't see it. I don't see them getting in. I think the only team with like a legitimate shot at getting in the college football playoff, depending on how the championship games go, is um, Ohio State. Like, if they put a two-loss Bama team in, say TCU and USC loses, I will riot. I will dry. I will. I will riot. I'll meet you there, brother. Riot. So, <laughs> um, but I think Clemson's seven and a half point favorite in this one. Drake May, UNC, the the young gun. Everyone's talking about Drake May. If he was draft eligible, maybe he's the best quarterback in this class. Love it. I still think that this team stinks defensively. And they can't run the football. Oh, yeah. Like UNC's, UNC's defense is awful. The, run, the rushing offense is bad. And going against Clemson, who, say what you want about DJ Uangalele. Like, he hasn't played up to expectation. There, there were conversations about him maybe being a number one overall pick in the future. I don't see that. He's returning to school for sure. He, against this UNC defense, should have a field day. Running the football, getting the ball out on time. He doesn't have to be a superhero. And defensively, you know, this is one of the top defenses in the country. I think Clemson has that. That front seven is unlawful. I think they're going to come in and, and bully Drake May and bully UNC. I don't think seven and a half is enough. I, I like Clemson in a big way. I, I think you're right. DJ, use your legs. Last week, really rough loss to South Carolina that basically ended their playoff hopes. He had 99 passing yards. He had 99. He went eight for 29 for 99 yards. That's gross. That's what we saw from DJ that made us really sad. Um, I I think that uh, Clemson covers and use your legs, DJ. Don't <laughs> don't don't go eight for twenty nine for ninety nine yards again. That's my advice to the to the Clemson coaching. When, staff. when you said when you said DJ use your legs, was that you making a no 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 name no, no, no. off of his last name? No, okay, it was not. Okay, I kind of like uh, it though. But not, yeah, it's not yeah. it's not DJ Uangalele. It's DJ use your legs. I don't know if I like it or hate it, but I'm going to, I'm going to ride with it. I like Clemson. So where, where are we at? We agree on Clemson minus seven and a half. I didn't really have a lean in the Georgia game. I probably just watched that one. I don't know. I if think I, I would, I think I picked them. And a half. I think I picked them to cover the spread. Well, I'll go against you there. I'll go LSU plus 18. Because for me, the trend that where they've had the, the trend that when they've had small spreads, they've covered them is enough for me. So I, I'm going with Utah, our beloved TCU Horned Frogs. Georgia to cover whatever number that is, as long as it's under 20, and Clemson to cover. I'll take USC, TCU, our Frogs, LSU, and Clemson to cover. That's going to do it. Championship week should be an absolute treat. Looking forward to it. Big shout out to our producer, Stefan Anderson, and everyone who produces on this feed. Make sure you check out the rest of the feed as we go. East Coast Bias, Raheem Palmer, everyone on this feed does a great job handicapping the NFL and college football. Well, maybe not college football. We've lost some weeks, but still, we have fun doing it. Until next time, Austin Kale, Roger Sherman, Greener Gambling Show.